I said, you know, we'll never see this game the same. We'll never be on the same sheet of music. We'll never, <laughs> but you know what? I love you and I appreciate you and I'm glad you're my teammate. From that point on, we became pretty decent friends. I still think he's a bonehead. That didn't like miraculously change. Oh my gosh, we're all on the same. Now he still went on, did his own thing. He was on his own little island, saw things that weren't there. But because I had learned the secret to being a peacemaker, it created peace for the whole team, not just us two. Or is it we two? Mary, what is it? You're the English teacher. You've got to know, whatever it is. It made peace for the whole team. Isn't that neat? So, ironically, Pete, um, can you guys hear me all right? Does anyone hear me on the Facebook, right? We don't have that thing working? I do. Barry knows me probably about almost as well as Lynn. And he knows I get a little worked up because I'm pretty passionate sometimes. But this particular verse, you know, it boils down to, guys, a lot of times in your life, a choice. A choice between right and wrong. That verse right there means a lot to me because I was in a position that you're, you're going to come to several crossroads in your life. You're going to be given seminal moments that you may not recognize at the time. Doorways. Big doors swing on small hinges is the saying. And you don't know them a lot of times when you're standing at the door. And sometimes you're in this cloud bank, a fog bank. You cannot see. God did not leave us without direction. And it's very simple to me. When life gets boiled down to two choices, do you want to be controlled by your mind? A carnal mind will lead you to death. You think, oh my gosh, if I make a, that decision, I'm going to die? No. A death to your name, a death to your ministry, a death to your legacy, and all of these things could be, right? So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. And God knows we need a little more peace. We need peace in this place. We need peace in the world. Most of all, we need peace in our hearts.
You know, you can look all around the world. You can look at the Ukraine. You can look at what's happening in China. You can all these places. You can go. You're never going to stamp out war until it starts with our own heart. Each person has to look in the mirror and make a decision for Christ. It starts with making peace between you and God. That's the first act. God, Jesus was the original peacemaker. Stepped out of heaven, a peaceful place, and came here, this place that he created, and made a way for us to have peace through Christ. And isn't it sweet? If you've made peace with Christ, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? And when you've made peace with Christ, he gives you the ability through the Holy Spirit to make right choices, informed decisions as a peacekeeper. Ironically, Pete, Romans 5.1. And again, forgive the meandering and the, and the uh, you guys will have grace with me, won't you? Romans 5.1, and this is ENLT, Pete hates it, but I think it's, um, and, and, and again, and again, to the new people reading the Bible, it's a good start. But it's kind of like on Gerber. If you're eating Gerber when you're 30, it's not that cool. But to whet your appetite, it's a great place to start. In KJV, in KGV, New King, James, you know, whatever. But for the sake of tonight, we're going to talk about this, and I think you'll understand. Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Christ Jesus, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We don't have to think about it. We don't have to hope. We, we know confidently because what Christ has done for us and our acceptance of that truth by faith that we can eagerly anticipate getting out of here. Now, there must be something that we need to do. Otherwise, when you first got saved, you'd have been poof, another poof, 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 take them all out. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? You get saved and you're out. But from that point forward, we're called to be ambassadors. We're called to be peacemakers. How many of you guys and girls um, love a good mm, conspiracy? Yeah, come on. Yeah. And I'm not talking like the worldwide thing, but you hear a little something going, and you kind of lean into it. What did you hear? Would it ever consider to you that maybe this passage of Scripture where we be called to be peacemakers, you interject light and spirit and truth into the equation, and you don't know all the things going on, we've been called to be peacemakers, right? Some of the peacemakers means exposing stuff. Yeah. So here we are. We've been made righteous through the blood of Christ. His righteousness has been placed on us Imputed righteousness, right? Like Barry said last week with the, uh, with the thoughts, remember the, this here and the clear over here? 
you know, practically or positionally, we're this person. We're clear. Practice, we're still this person. We're working towards that, but we already have this because it's been given to us. We can't earn it. We can't clear up our thinking. We can't. We simply embrace the fact that we've already been made pure, white, and holy. Come, let us reason together. Though your sins are as scarlet, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Here we are. All right, so I want you to picture this. You're a bride. You're the bride of Christ. You ever seen a bride in all the radiance? Well, it used to be when, because we're old school, brides wore white. And there's a reason, right? And I love the, I, 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 about officiating weddings, I love officiating the weddings and watching the groom look at the bride when she comes on. It's like my favorite thing. He's like, fire. Thank you, Jesus. He that finds a wife finds a good thing. Amen. Now, how would you think about the bride dressed in her arraignment out working on a car? You know, well, you know. Well, I think the problem with Christians, we see ourselves as mechanics sometimes as opposed to the bride of Christ. You wouldn't go soil up a white wedding dress by working on a car. And sometimes Christians, when they're... They're going out involving themselves in things that are soiling them. And they're choosing to be carnally minded that leads to death. I don't get it. I've been there. And I suppose, I suppose a fall makes you want to stay closer to the shepherd. I don't want to get any more funk on my garment. We've been made right with God. We have been made right with God. He has torn down the wall of hostility between him and us. You know, the wall just didn't, the, 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 in the Holy of Holies, when Jesus was crucified, you know, the wall that separated God, the Holy of Holies, from the people, they said it's like six inches thick, or it was. It, it was said that two oxen couldn't pull it apart. But when Christ died, it, it broke that thing and ripped it from the top to the bottom. Ripped it. It wasn't from the bottom and the top indicating that man had something to do with it. It was from the top to the bottom. He tore down that wall so we could boldly go before the throne. And then we'd go out and we soil our garments. I just, I don't get it. But you know, we're great. We're sin abounded. Grace abounded all the more. But you still got to say no to getting junk on your wedding garments. We've been called to live at peace with our neighbors. We've been called to be peacekeepers. And I'm going to read that a little more because I'm rambling. And again, I'm sorry. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. One thing about this church, we've sure got a lot of working out, haven't we, over the years? A lot of you guys that have been here for a long time. We've got thick skin, and we've remained soft-hearted, and we've faced all kinds of stuff together as a family. We have, and for those of you who are still on this boat, we will make it home. We'll lose a few on the way. There'll be some uh, uh, man overboard. 
Nothing we can do about it. We told this person, I told this person, we reminded this person, we warned this person, and they still stepped out on the ledge too close, and they fell off. There's nothing we can do. We continue to move forward, right? We've had people go, hey, man, I'm going to go and start another ship. Amen. And we're going to, uh, well, whatever. However God does what he does, he's going to make another rescue ship for sinners, and they're, gonna, they're going on their forage. But this particular battleship, we're not a cruise ship. We're a battleship. It's kind of like the, the Falcon, what was that thing on Star Wars? Millennium Falcon? It was all tore up and ate up, and it was all battle-scarred. To me, I picture the church, our church like that because we have flat been through some stuff. But through that stuff, we've gotten stronger. Through that stuff, we've developed endurance. Through that stuff, we've uh, developed character and I hope some humility along the way. We can go a long way with just a little humility knowing that no temptation is overtaking you except what's common to man. All of us go through this. All of us have done things that we're ashamed of even after Jesus. Let's remember that. So that's why we've been called to be ambassadors to, to, to bring about reconciliation. We have been given, the Bible says, the ministry of reconciliation. Wow, he's trusted us to be heralds of the truth. Look around at your neighbor and go, wow, you don't look like a herald for the truth. You kind of look kind of bedraggled, kind of beat up, but doggone it, you're still doing it, whether you're crawling, walking, falling forward. Falling down, turning around, getting back up, and nevertheless, we continue forward. We have been called into this, right? We're not going to back down now. Peter himself said, where else would I go? You have the keys. I mean, some of us are so, we're so close, guys, to making it home. Who in a right mind would turn around and head out now? I just don't get it. I can understand how it happened. I have empathy for people that do that. But you know what? There's always repentance, Right? Repentance always comes before restoration. You can't restore and just say, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> My bad. You repent and you go the opposite direction, and then you have peace with God, and we have fellowship with one another. Isn't that great? And by the, by the way, I'm going to tell you who I think is going to blow it in here before we get out of here. I got a few you picked out. Hold on. You, 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 not yet you, 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 you. Yeah, even you, 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 you. You, 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 definitely you, 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 you. For all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. It is what it is. The wages of sin is death, right? But the gift of life is of what? Gift. Say it again. Gift of eternal life is. Okay. Through Christ. Through Christ, yet peace. When we leave it, when we leave situations, shalom. Shalom is peace. Shalom. Peace be with you. Shalom. Shalom. God's peace. Shalom. Shalom. We should just walk around in a constant state of shalom. Just because we have this grace doesn't mean we go on sinning. Just because we're covered. Do you think you get a green card or a pass card to go out and be naughty and be foolish? You'll pay a consequence. I know. My is chapped several times. It's actually very thick. My, my skin is thick and mostly on that because I've been taken behind the woodshed numerous times and I just find it better just to toe the line and be spiritually minded and don't have to worry as much about that stuff, right? Because sin 
Let's just say it. Sin sucks. It does. And it will cost. And those hidden sins, everything that's in the dark will be brought out into the light. I heard a famous philosopher, Lynn Suvius. Lynn Socrates said this. Oh, I was just, I'm just going to do the Lynn voice, okay? I got to do the Lynn voice. I was reading this awesome podcast blog thing, and it said, always, and I thought it was profound, always picture yourself on the Bema seat of Christ where you will give an account for every word and everything you've ever done. Now, you won't be at the great, the white throne judgment. Amen. You won't do that. that go, that's going to be for the people that do not know Jesus, where it's just going to be guilty. End of story. But you will stand at the beam of seat, and God will say, what did you do with my son? What did you do when you knew the truth? What was your response to the grace that I showed you? What was your response to the truth? Adrian Rogers himself said, you're responsible for what you know, but you're also responsible for what you would have known had you been paying attention and not sleepwalking through this thing. See, so many sleepwalkers, am I right? Just sleepwalking along. I've been there. Been there, guys. And I know there are people in this church that we tell you all the time, read the word. Read it. Study it. Hide it in your heart that you won't sin against God. Do all of these things. And I know that some of you aren't doing it yet. And I will tell you that you're in peril if you don't get God's word inside of you. You can come here till the cows come home. You can come every, every Saturday and hope that finally you're here, a great message. I don't know. You can do... Just saying if you're paying attention. But you'll never become the full image of God that he created you to be if you don't find yourself a steward of the word. It's it, it, it just, I'm not saying being saved. You'll never have the capacity to enjoy God like you would if you would find yourself in the word. And then also you'll have some spiritual equity in the bank when it comes your time for testing, and it'll come. There's some people I know that actually cheer on failures. Shame on them. Like it somehow separates them, like, oh, look what they did. I'm glad I'm not that guy. Jesus addressed that. Where the other guys just have mercy on me. I am a sinner. But I don't want to sin. Adrian Rogers himself said, I can sin all I want to. I just don't want to. I'm going to see myself as the bride of Christ. I don't want to soil my stuff. And sometimes, you know what? Let me say this. The other day, I think I told you I went over with my friends from college. Did I tell you that? I think I told you that last time. I just thought it was cool, like you, Pete. I didn't go there armed with, you know, the Roman road, you know, 323, 623, 58, 10 through 30. I didn't, I, I just came in and said, man, I'm going to really just love you guys and enjoy you, and just have some fun with you, talk about old times, not some of the old times. It'll just be cleverly carved out of the conversation. And by the end, they were asking me questions. They recognized I had a piece about me, the piece that surpasses all understanding that's not available to those that don't know Christ. Not available to you until you say yes to Jesus. Then it's available. But my point would be, in that conversation, I was a peacemaker. Just kind of Casting out just a little bit here. And you can do the same thing. You don't have to know all the answers to all of this. And yes, I hope that's an amen. Possibly a preach it, brother. 
when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners, the ultimate peacemaker. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, he will certainly be sa- we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus had made us friends with God. I remember when I was downtown one time, and it was settled a long time before this that Jesus wasn't in, on trial in my life. He was my Lord. I was really working on the hidden areas of my life. Look at your neighbor, and I said, you know, you got hidden areas. Next year, you want to have less hidden areas. And one day, it'll all be taken away. And we'll take from that funky, dirty jar. You should be positionally or practically getting better and better and better. Not to mix metaphors, but watch. So I come to my man. I had a bad night, uh, a bad evening before. I don't know. Something had happened. And I was really down on myself. Um, Because sometimes you can make peace with God. And you make peace with others, but the peace you make with yourself, that's the thing you find most challenging. And I can't believe I let God down like, like that. So I went to my mentor, a great man of God, and I said, he goes, what, 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 what's with you? Why are you down? I go, man, I, I failed God. I did this or whatever what it was. Um, but I just read something. You know, there's an awe gap. When you first come to Jesus, you don't recognize that much difference between you and the holy God. The more that you walk with him, you realize there's a huge difference. We call it the awe gap. And by this time, the awe gap has, I was real, every little sin bugged me, as it should. I had a, 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 a handprint on my, and I didn't want any dirt on me, because I recognized how dirty I was compared to a holy God. Okay? My friend said, you brought that scripture up, and, and Don Purdy is his name, and I hope we see him sometime in the future. And he would say this, and of course he used King James. He said, Know this of the truth. He had a big smile on his face. Know this of the truth. And I was like, Oh gosh, here comes another lecture. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of a son while we were still enemies, how much more we will be saved now that we're friends. You get that? So one time we're enemies, and at the same grace, while we're yet enemies saved, is how much more will it save us now that he calls us friends? It took this load off of me, and I recognized that even though I had got a little stuff on my wedding dress, I could simply go to God and say, I am sorry, I repent, restore that peace. And guess what? Like that. Now, there's still haunts. Anybody know what haunts are? Haunts are when they come at night. 
Sundays are a great night for the accuser of the brother to come in and say all that you're not. Remind you of all the times you've failed. But then you can remind him, I'm a child of the Most High God. I am a child of the Most High God. I have given my life to him. It's no longer dependent upon me, but everything he did for me on that cross. I'm not saying you're going to go to sleep, but it certainly helps me. I simply say I'm a child of the Most High God. That's what I am. You can say all these things about me, what I've done, what I did, who I hurt, and all this stuff, but I'm simply reminded I am a child of the Most High God. You've given me peace. You've made me a child of God. I'm a peacemaker. I'm not a strife sower. You know, we could use a few more peacemakers and a few less strife sowers. You know, everybody loves a good scoop, don't they? Don't they love a good scoop? We're called to be peacemakers, not strife sowers. But for peacemakers, we'll be called children of God. For all that received him, he gave the right to be called children of God. Right? I received God, and he made me a child of him. It's like a caboose behind an engine. Now I'm a peacemaker. I'm not a peacetaker. How about this? Stop being a peacetaker. Start being a peacemaker. Yeah, start, yes, slap that on a shirt, why don't you? Thank you, Jesus. Slap that on a shirt. Because who wants to be blessed? Who wants to be blessed? Everybody in here. Okay, who wants to be cursed? Okay, who wants life and peace? Who wants more peace, more life? The zoe, I've come to give them life and give it abundantly. That's what Christ came for. I've come to give them life, give it abundantly. The Greek word is zoe. That's why we name people zoe. I was wondering, what does zoe mean? Life abundantly. I want life abundantly. The more you bring your life into alignment with Jesus, the more blessed you will be. And I'm not talking, I'm talking about when the world comes at you, there's a peace that surpasses all understanding in your heart. Isn't that great? And you can get that, but you'll never get it if you don't start fessing up and stop living those secret, that secret stuff. You can't do it, guys. I tried it. Not to say I got a lot of rooms that I'm still working on. Amen? A lot of rooms that, that I'm allowing God to go through there and show me how I need to clean this up so I can get even more peace and even more life. We were blessed. We are so blessed here. And I think we're almost blessed in America to the point of being cursed. It's almost like reverse because we've had it so good. For so long. It's um, I'm gonna turn it over to Second Corinthians five, and I didn't give you any of these notes, Christine, I'm sorry. But I want you guys to remember can you go back up there to that Romans eight six? I want you guys to every day wake up. And you make a choice. It's a choice, guys. And here's the thing. First of all, God chose you. You didn't choose him. Yeah, right? <laughs> he chose you. But because he chose you, he gives you the ability to be able to choose life over death. You don't have to sin. You don't have to. You can say no to it. And if you're really tuned in, you're really living that Zoe life, you'll see the path a lot clearer. And you, then if you get off the path, you got nobody to blame. Well, you don't have anybody to blame but yourself anyway. 
But my point, if you're walking with Jesus, you complain, nope, 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 no, no, no. He gives you that grace, the strength to overdo it, overcome it. Isn't that great? You can say no, but then you have to get 20-20. By the way, I have my eyes checked. Speaking of 20-20, who wants to see 20-20 in the spiritual realm? Amen. Too many, too many blind Christians walking around there. Oh, I got 2,400, and you think you're killing it. You got big old Coke bottle glasses because you're sending them all crazy. You can't see a sin. If it jumped out, smacked you in the head. You're such a sucker. And then you blame the devil for every doggone thing. The bottom line is none of us will ever encounter the devil. And take it easy on Eve. She had a face confrontation with the devil. Most of us will never see that. He's busier doing most of the other things. You might get some retread little junior varsity demon, but you're not doing anything anyway. So really, you, you know, and you, you have the audacity, we do, to blame the devil. Devil didn't. You're not even on his back. You're not doing anything. You never witness. You never serve. You don't praise him. You don't talk. You know, all the things that we do because we love God, not to pay him back. We love God because we understand the awe gap. There's an awe gap where we understand who we are in the sight of a holy God. That's why we do the things we do. And then when we go do the things we do, and then we blame him, he's going, man, I was nowhere around, neither was my guy. That was all you, because you're enticed and dragged away by your own evil desires, James says. But we don't want to do that. We want life and peace. To be spiritual minded, wake up every day and say, you know what, I choose you, Jesus. I don't know what it looks like today, and I'm probably going to mess up, make a mess of these things, but I choose you today. That's what I choose. No matter what my friends are saying, they may call you a wimp. Well, let's stand before God, and they'll make count for that too. You know what? But the more that you do this, they do notice, don't they, Pete? They notice. And when it hits the fan, who do they call? Their God contact. That's making the assumption that they know that you follow God. Okay. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, and I'm going to land this plane. And we're going to have a short meeting. And then uh, I'm going to take about a four-day nap. Lynn's like, no, you're not. Okay. Okay, then I'm going to go do what Lynn wants me to do. I think it's working in the yard or something tomorrow. Second Corinthians 5, 16 through. Uh, I'm sorry, 16 through, um, let's say, 21. Man, she's on it. Give it up for Christina. Right? We're applauding the Jesus in you, don't worry. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. There was no all gap. How differently we know him now. Explanation point. That means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Give Jesus a hand clap on that. Right? And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given this task of recon us, this task of reconciling people to him. How about that, guys? He didn't need us, but he wanted us. He had perfect fellowship by himself. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they had a rocking, perfect place, no mess, and they got us. Yeah? But he chose to make us his family. 
blemishes and all. Isn't that great? Now he's passed the baton on to us. Now you go and be a peacemaker. You go into the world. You go and do this stuff. Bring them to me. You know, a lot of times in the church we say, you know what, come as you are, but please don't stay that way for very long. Okay? Just come on in and instantly become Christianese. Right? Aren't you glad that God didn't treat us that way? That God was patient. He was kind to us, knowing that his kindness would lead us to repentance. His kindness would lead us to repentance. Mercy always trumps over justice. Thank you, Jesus. Right? All of this is the gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. Sweet peace. Not sweet peas, sweet peace. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for Randy's sin. So that we could be made right with God through Christ. That we could have peace with Christ. Happy is the man or blessed is the man whose sins are forgiven. Isn't that great? So now what we got to we go out and beat on an unbelieving world. See? You bring your Bibles and you tell them what's going on. Bam, 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 bam. We're peacemakers. Well, it's a process. Reagan, and even you have been a lot, a lot more given up for Reagan. The Jesus in Reagan. Because I remember Reagan. I, you know, I like bragging on people every now and Because I like seeing growth in people. I hate people getting stuck. Because I've been stuck. But I remember, well, Randy, I'll tell you one thing. They come in here, we're going to show them what's up. Bring them to me. I'll show them what's going on. Now, we've seen the softer kind. It's probably under Pete's mentorship. Praise God. Amen. But there is a time to call sin out for what it is. It's sin. You need to stop. You need to repent. You need to come back. Come back to God. The time is short. Had a meeting the other day with the preacher. A big, Kind of a big, big deal. We told him, we're just a little deal. We got a little acre out there in Warren. Just a little acre. Just, you know, we got a little place over there in Uganda. Oh, I got to tell you that in a minute. And a little place in India there. And he had like 50 acres. He's a big-time guy, big-time jeans and everything. You ever seen pastor's jeans? Pastors have a particular kind of jeans. It's just a fancy, fancier kind of jean. But anyway, his ministry, his emphasis was on prophetical teaching. And, he, and I really liked him. He prayed for us. We said, hey, we're facing some challenges at our church, like every other church. He, Brother, we got him here too. And I said, I know you do. But he prayed for us. And he, in his prayer, he said, I don't understand how people could run off when time is so short. I've been studying this thing and studying and scholarshiping in it, and people, I'm seeing people depart and run off, and the time is close. And like Pete said, whether you punch out, I like that, it could happen on the way home. Amen? It could, in a blink of an eye. As far as I know, I know everybody in here by name. This is our family. 
we're missing several. But I know everybody in here is saved. So I'm really speaking to the saints tonight. You should look in the mirror and say, thank you, Jesus, for saving a wretch like me. Right? He sure did. He, he sure loves you. You know, I love you. You can shut that Facebook off now. Bye. Okay.